from the banks of the mighty Murray and all across the Riverland. It's that time of the week, footy fans. Let's kick on. Every week, the team from the Murray Pioneer and Marks Up bring you all the discussion around the RFL season from a club near you. So sit back, whack on your headphones and grab your favourite beverage because we've got all the RFL action right here, ready to kick on. We've hit the double digits this week as we bring you episode 10 of the Kick-Ons podcast. We'd like to thank all of our listeners out there in the Riverland football world and anywhere in the world you may be downloading our show, where every week we discuss all the RFL action and perhaps we might quench your thirst for another big round of RFL action on our doorstep. As always, I'm joined by a familiar face to Riverland Football and from the Marks Up Facebook page, uh, Nick Dillon, who is, uh, well, he's, he's well known as one of the busiest men in Riverland Football and the SANFL, and uh, he joins me remotely today. So, uh, Nick, welcome to the show. Thanks, Lindsay. Good to be here, mate. Yeah, mate, and uh, it's uh, pretty exciting for us, mate. We, we've hit the double digits, episode number 10. Um, yep. Now, I've never kicked a bag of 10 in my football career, have you? <laughs> uh, not 10. I think I got eight as a junior playing for Paringa in their under-17s competition. From the midfield, though. Wow. So, okay. you know, perhaps if I was playing forward that day, I might have snagged 10. But my best mate snagged 10 that day. Uh, yeah, but we didn't have much opposition, to be honest. <laughs> I think uh, quite a few people could have kicked eight if they were on my spot that day. Good stuff. And it's fair to say uh, there's been a lot happening in the uh, Riverland football world and, well, the wider football world uh, for that matter. And that um, the yeah the ugly head of COVID-19 has reared its head once again on our footy season, mate. Um, yeah, it's been a bit, a bit of a tricky, well, 48 hours for everyone from all levels of football, hasn't it? It has, and I think it's. I think it's just great that the, the state government hasn't jumped to lockdowns or anything like that. You know, we're still able to live our lives relatively normally still um, for now. Uh, hopefully, there's no more cases, but um, you know, it just means that footy can go ahead this weekend. Um, and then, you know, we've got the buy for the country champs next week as well. So, if we get through this weekend, um, you know, fingers crossed to be smooth sailing for the rest of the year. Yeah, and it's one of those tricky things that uh, we can have all of our best laid plans in motion like we do with our return to play protocols, but uh, it's an ever-changing situation that uh, we have to respond to. And uh, the RFLs made the call this week uh, in line with the changes uh, from SA Health and the return to play protocols that unfortunately for all of our winning teams out there won't be able to enjoy singing their club song in the change rooms. But I am mm. told all teams are fine to do that out on the ground because it's a very important part of our footy culture is getting around the end and having that big chant. And I guess with some of the – at the big end of town with the with the AFL, they've had to make some radical changes uh, with the Crows flying in and out of Adelaide. But if that's all that we've got to do locally is uh, mind where we sing our song and, you know, mind our P's and Q's with our um, – COVID safe plans, uh, well, that, that's that's a good outcome, I think, that we can still enjoy a big weekend of football. Yeah, it's pretty minimal. I mean, you look at it and go, well, how does singing affect it? But look, you just defer to the experts, don't you? And, and you know, we get to sing it outside. Hopefully it's not raining. And, you know, the, whichever teams win on the weekend get to, get to, you know, sing it in the sunshine in front of their fans. Oh, that's right. Yeah, everyone gets to hear it rather than it be confined to the change room. So you've got to look that's at the it. silver lining look, for these things. Exactly. Look at the positives. I think that's the way to do it. That's right, mate. So let's do a whip around and uh, of all the action uh, that's uh, from the past week. And uh, 
We'll start at a game that uh, I went down to and arguably, I think, match of the season so far in Berry and Loxton, mate. Um, I'll tell you what, uh, after the game, I spoke with Brian Gates and with a smile on his face, one of the, the first things that he said was it was so good to have Cade Harkins back <laughs> this week. Yeah. Yeah. Well, best on ground uh, for them. Well, one of their best, anyway. Um, yeah, that's that's a clear, clear win for Berry, and you know, they've obviously hit some you know, a pretty good uh, vein of form over the past month as well, with the uh, the narrow loss to Wakery and um, the big win over of North as well. Um, you know, they're they're travelling along nicely, and I think you know, he'd probably be pretty pleased with the manner in which they finished as well, coming coming from behind to um, when they you know when they were challenged in that third quarter to storm home in the last. And uh, talking with uh, with Gatesy there, yeah, he he did mention straight up that uh, Cade was a massive factor in that um, in that win, and especially with that comeback. But yeah, it, it's it's a win that's been coming for a long time, I think, from from the Berry Football Club because they've been building for so much. They've had a couple of close ones, um, but now they've had that first win against somebody above them on the ladder, which yes. is a yep. huge box to tick, I think. And yep. um, there's going to be plenty more to come from this side, I think, for the rest of the season. That um, you know, they're they they've got that little bit of a breather on that hold on fourth spot, but they know there's still plenty uh, of work ahead of them to do. And I've got to say, mate, it was one of those games. I had some friends up here from Adelaide, and even they were saying, "Well, I, I think we're um, getting shortchanged for going to see uh, AFL football, and we can come out to country." football and see absolute corkers like this one <laughs> yeah definitely and you know, sometimes you just you pick the right game and you get an absolute cracker and i know you've been to a few blowouts this year and um but that one there you know where the lead changes multiple times you, you know you've got good young players you know having a dip and then from it was a bit fiery from all, all reports as well so um you got a little bit of everything there and and obviously a close game at the end so that's uh it's exactly what you want from when you venture out into country footy that's right. And just, just to pick up on uh, Cade's uh, influence on the match, I, I was really watching this one with a critical eye. And it was great to see the the things that you can see he's been learning down there in, amongst uh, Westie's program there of where to place himself on the field, where to run to, because mm-hmm. they were like Loxton were not letting up at all with their forward pressure. Guys like Jesse Will and uh, Drew Kosolke, uh, they were looking for Lachlan Evans and you could see the play was coming, but you could just see that Cade was just at one step ahead getting to the place that he needed to be to cut off that, that forward movement. And it wasn't just him as well. There was Tom Finlay back there and Evan Penaluna doing all the right that. things. And, um, more reports Finlay had a had a ripping game, mate. Uh, probably not. Probably the best one I've seen him play this year. Good. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Yeah. So I think he's really starting to find his spot there. Uh, twenty. Yeah. Twenty five possessions across half back. You know, setting up a lot of the forward movement. Uh, pinch hitting in a ruck. I think uh, the Berry Football Club's got some really good bang for buck there with uh, his services there. So well, well done to them and Evan Penaluna as well. Look, you know, I'd. I, I say it a fair, a fair bit that he just strikes me as one of those workhorse defenders. You know, he does, he just sets himself, goes back, does all the right things. It's like he's reading from the quintessential hymn book of defenders, if if that is a title. You know, he's not afraid yeah. to back into a pack. He's not afraid to take on, like, the lead forward. And he just does those little things to set things up forward. Really great to see from Barry, I thought. 
for sure. What about the other side of it, mate? How did Loxton fare? And I see Will Gucci was in the goals and you know, the, the usual suspects up up and about with Jesse Will and uh, Jack Evans and Drew Kosalki. Um, but, you know, that's a, that's a loss that they probably... Not that they wouldn't have expected, you know, that I think they would have taken, wouldn't have, certainly wouldn't have taken very lightly, but, uh, you know, one they would have hoped to have, to have win, one to uh, keep in touch with that top two. Everything's there uh, for them. It's just a case of, uh, you know, probably um, our, the, the break we're having next week's coming at a good time, just a breather, settle, rest, and then, you know, look at the back end of the season. And a bit of a scuffle, I think it was, was it three-quarter time, Drew Kosalki and Jason Sutherland? There was a, a yellow card displayed uh, for, for yep. Pumper there. So, yeah, a couple of tempers flaring there at three-quarter time. Uh, probably, uh, if it were a title fight, it wasn't exactly the um, – it wasn't a, a, a weight-for-weight ba- battle. Uh, more, <laughs> more like the uh, the Big Show versus Rey Mysterio or something it like that. It was something like that. That's right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but now we move across uh, to the uh, another game for the from the weekend. Uh, this one, um, yeah, really got away unfortunately from Loxton North going down to Renmark there by uh, by 140 points there, mate. Um, oh, look, it's uh, it, it must be tough um, for for the Panthers to have to swallow that one. But look, Renmark are just a quality side, and they're just every week hitting their form, and it's just looking more polished every week. Yeah, I mean, we spoke to Josh Vader last week, didn't we, about um, you know some of the young guys that are coming through and just and just doing a really good job for them. And that's that's not just a product of their their A grade and B grade coaches. Obviously, that's that's come through from their juniors all the way through, and um, you know kids they're just getting their chance now and um, and doing a good job. And Nathan Zernick's one of them. He kicked seven on, on the weekend, and, and then you know you look you see Ricky Garrett snagged five goals, and um, you know, there's. Jack Agostino, you know, he's a product of the Renmark Junior system as well. So um, they've just they've done a lot of things right over the past, you know, five to six years. I think Renmark, and and now they're really um, sort of you know, bearing those fruits, which is which is fantastic for them. But then on the other side, you know, lots of North's been that that club over the years. It's had their kids coming through, and they've managed to keep hold of their kids, and they just need that a uh, little bit of talent around them. It's not going to it's not going to take much for Loxton North to go from you know, that that big margin to getting it back to being competitive against against the good side. Um, and whether they they look outside the area next year, I'm not sure. No, they've always been loath to do that. Um, but you know, they may have some other plans. They may have a couple of blokes coming back to the football club potentially. Um, but yeah, they've just got to keep keep on having a crack and seeing out the year from here. Yeah, and I, I don't really see much of a reason for them to, to look for answers outside the Riverland. I mean, we'll we'll talk about this in coming weeks when we have a look at uh, some of the other grades. But um, look, their Bs are travelling quite well. They're, they're well in mm-hmm. contention to play finals. They're under-18s, well, they're top. So, look, there's, there's stuff coming through, and they probably will reap the rewards of that eventually. It may not be this season. But look, there's um, like like you said, you know, they're one of the clubs that uh, that tend to promote from within, and you know, that's uh, if that's their mo. Well, it's a it's a long game to play, really, isn't it? It is, and they're probably in a similar position to where Remark was five years ago when Remark was down the bottom and uh, you know battling to, to win games, and it might have been a little bit longer than that. But you know, obviously, they invested heavily in juniors, and and not just their juniors, but their coaches as well, getting the right people to, to lead their club. Um, so possibly locks the North in, in a similar spot. They're just going to stay the course and, and keep getting these giving these kids opportunities. 
And the final game from last week, uh, Wakeree having a 99-point win over Barma Monash. We talked last week about the cream rising to the top, and, well, uh, the yeah, the cream just seems to be getting sweeter for uh, Wakeree. Uh, their new man up the front, uh, Dustin Gordon, our, uh, bad our five. boy, Dusty. <laughs> yeah, Dusty. Yep. Yeah, the, the, the Riverlands got its own Dusty, so we're, we're definitely going to pump the wheels on that one now. And, yeah, he's delivered again in his uh, second week in the black and white with five goals. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, that's always going to be, um, you know, you're always going to have the ascendancy on the opposition when you've got a focal point like that that can deliver. And, and you know, from all reports, Barham and Monash, uh, well, they were in the hunt at quarter time, but it just got away with, uh, from them after that. Um, but, you know, to the Ruse credit, uh, they came back in the end, you know, so that they could leave uh, Wakery over with some with some pride. So, yeah. Um, you know, uh, yeah, probably not the result that they wanted, but still, you know, they were in there with the fight. That's the main thing. Yeah, and and as far as Wakery goes, you know, it's yeah, they've still got Jake Spensley to come back after the bye. You know, they're, it just they're, gets they're sweeter there that or thereabouts, cream, doesn't it? <laughs> that's it, and that's you know, banking early wins does that. You know, if they'd lost a couple more, you know, if they'd lost that game to Renmark, if they'd um, lost their most recent one to Locks, and they might have felt a bit more pressure to bring someone like that back, but now they can you know, cruise through after the bye. They don't even have to bring him back that first game back. Just get him right, make sure he's up and about. Because um, so I think it was, I reckon it was Jake in the grand final in 2019. Certainly wasn't at his best. was carrying an ankle injury. He's one of the Spensley boys. I think it was Jake. Um, but just, you know, if he's up and about and at 100%, well, you know, they're going to be pretty hard to beat towards the end of the year. Now let's uh, have a look at the uh, independence last week. And, um, Tell you what, mate, the Redbacks, they've really put those uh, injury worries behind them, mate, knocking off uh, Wonka there by uh, 75 points, mate. And I'll tell you what, um, we've got a new top four contender, and this is just in the space of a couple of weeks. This is this is amazing to watch this independent season. It is, and we've said it before, the uh, the top six can, can beat each other on any given day, and, and then we've said on here for a long time that once BSR get their full complement of players back, that they're going to be a dangerous side, and they proved that on the weekend. That's that's a massive win against a fellow top four contender. Um, you know, I think, from what I understand, Wanka was probably below their best, but and BSR played some really good footy, but you know, it just goes to show in this competition, if you are off by just a little bit, um, opposition teams will make you pay, and uh, Justin Anthony, who did his groin in the corresponding game earlier in the year, you know he's kicked six, and Matty Clark's run a mark with th- three goals, and, and got plenty of it. And Jed Martinson, um, you know, he's come back into that side over in the second half of this year, and he's done a really good job too. So, yeah, they're uh, they're certainly there or thereabouts, and I think are they sitting in the four at the moment, or just outside? Uh, might be uh, they Swans are in, in there potentially. They're in the four. Yeah. Yes, yes, they're in uh, so by game. So it's their spot to lose now, and um, you know, the uh, the clubs outside, Pringer and obviously my my lads Cobby have got to their work cut out to try and get back in there. Yeah, it's going to be a uh, fascinating one to watch uh, for the back end of the season. Now we uh, skip over to the Ramco and Sudan Cambrai match, and uh, yeah, uh, the Roosters have pulled it off two weeks in a row by less than a kick, and uh, they're yep. really commanding this uh, top spot that they've got because uh, you know uh, Sudan Cambrai could have knocked that knocked them off that perch, uh, taking the win. But, uh, yeah, Ramcove remonstrated and uh, did, uh, done very, very well. And I think, uh, 
you know, it's um, they're well ahead in the premiership race now, and I think that they are the contender. They are. It's funny though. You know, you, you win these close games, and obviously it makes a massive difference to your season, particularly as we've mentioned, it's in such a close year. Um, that you know, they've won a couple where a team like Paringa has has lost quite a few close ones. You know, that have been a goal or less. So it's you know swings and roundabouts. You know, one one extra goal here or there, and and this season's very different. I will say this though. I know Sedan Canberra had quite a few out on the weekend. Um, I think they were near full strength previously, but then they. They lost a few that have gone gone away um, for the winter. A lot of their farmers have gone up north to, so it's their only opportunity to get away um, and get get a holiday. And so um, that's that certainly hurt them. But also, you know, they they were within two points in an away clash against the, you know, the top team. I think they can be pretty happy with with their effort as well. Yeah, holiday up north about this time of year sounds great, actually. <laughs> but uh, it does. <laughs> but I'd imagine, uh, yeah, there might be uh, some people down at the uh, Sedan Cambrai Football Club that might think that they, yeah, they could could they have not waited? <laughs> uh, yeah, until I think they understand because <laughs> a lot of, a lot of their guys are farmers, so I think they sort of understand that you know if they don't get away now, you know, footy's obviously you know come secondary to family, and uh, yeah, so uh, you know, they'll get them back in the near future, no doubt. Yeah, that's it. And, uh, yeah, all the best to, to, to those fellas. And uh, the final game, um, yeah, uh, Paringa, uh, yeah, up against Browns well. Uh, it's kind of, uh, yeah, we, we, we probably all knew it was going to go this way and Paringa have uh, picked up some valuable premiership points on the way. Um, so, yeah, they, they keep themselves well in the hunt for that, uh, yeah, for that top four spot. Yeah, definitely not a um, the big blowout like it has been for, for Browns. Well, you know they've been getting pumped by 150 points or, or more every week. Um, you know, only trailed by nine points at quarter time. Um, you know, they held Peringa reasonably well in the third quarter. Peringa only scored three goals. I mean, Brownsville didn't get one themselves, but you know, it's little wins along the way that Brian Hample will be looking for to go. Okay, this is you know, sort of this is what we've done well in the, at this point of the game. Uh, how can we replicate that going forward? So, that's um, no, it's not a bad effort from the Bomber Boys, but yeah, a good percentage boost for the Swans as well. So that's the. That's the team efforts uh, from uh, across the last week of Riverland football. So let's have a look at some of the individual efforts, which uh, we, um, we've had on the back burner for the last few weeks just to uh, kind of uh, see how things would unfold. So let's uh, – yeah, so Dillo, tell us all about it, mate. What's happening in the Marks Up MVP award? Yep, so uh, we've got a clear runaway leader at the moment in the Paradise Pools and Landscaping MVP. It's Matty Wilford from Remark, who is just cruising along nicely at the moment. Lionsy up to 41 votes, has polled in uh, seven of the eight games so far, and the only one he's missed is round one. So doing some nice things out there, Matty Wilford, Mr. Consistent. And uh, rounding at the top five, you've got Will Gucci, obviously missed a few games there with injury, but he's on 30 votes, so 11 behind uh, Wilford. Uh, we've got Tim Wolford on 29 votes, also from Remark, obviously. Lockie Evans on 29 as well. And uh, Brody Thompson is on 28. So Brody is the only player to poll two perfect games as well from Barry. So um, so he's, he's going along nicely in the uh, Paradise Pools and Landscaping MVP, mate. What about the Murray Pioneer Riders Award? How's that travelling at the moment? Yeah, mate, the uh, the Murray Pioneers Writers Award, uh, the oldest award going around. Uh, well, it's um, yeah, coincidental. Our uh, clear leader is Maddie Wolford as well on uh, twenty three votes, leading uh, 
Jack Agostino by five. And, uh, yeah, Matty polled three on the weekend. And, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, we're starting to see uh, a bit of a trend there. But he's having a stellar season. So it's uh, it's catching everyone's eye uh, over there at, uh, at Mark's Up plus at the Murray Pioneer. But it's going to be interesting. Does it get the umpire's votes when yes. it comes Willis medal time, though? <laughs> Exactly right. And we all know the umpires are different cats. So they see things a little bit differently and they have a different perspective too. They're right out in the thick of it. So whereas, uh, you know, the, obviously the Pioneer Riders Award is done by the riders and, and mine's done by the uh, the coaches. So different perspectives. Everyone sees the game very differently, which is, uh, you know, it's good. It means you get different winners of the, uh, the major awards, which is good. And uh, Jack Agostino, well in the hunt. He didn't poll any votes this week. Uh, but Lachlan Evans, um, hard to ignore with a 40-possession uh, game there uh, against uh, Berry. even though um, he was uh, probably not on the favourable side of the outcome, though. He still polled three votes. So he's well in the hunt on 16. And um, mm-hmm. I expect, uh, you know, we'll probably see as uh, Loxton, um, you know, steady the ship. I think we're going to see him uh, be a factor moving on. And um, we've actually got, because uh, our leaderboard is um, is seven players, and we've actually got a new entry into our leaderboard who's uh, taken up the seventh spot, Tim Wolford, who is having a great season uh, down there with, at Renmark. And um, I think uh, we can break the news now, and we'll talk about this next week, but he has been named vice-captain of the Eastern Zone at the SA Country Championships uh, for next weekend. So big congratulations Excellent. to Tim there, and, um, yeah, re- reward for some great work for this season. It's, it's brilliant to see uh, some Riverland recognition in that eastern zone side as well. Um, you know, obviously it's made up Riverland Hills and Mallee, and Hills, you know, generally are the stronger competition. I'm presuming it's a Hills captain, uh, Linesy, that they've got. No, mate, it's actually a Mallee captain in Nathan Brown. Is it Nathan who, Brown? Yeah, yeah. Who, so who's the current Karunda Magpies uh, coach and a bit of a Riverland tie-in in that he's a. Uh, mm-hmm ex Loxton Northman, so it's actually really good representation of Riverland football this year. Well, that's fantastic. Obviously, Brownie captain the interleague side as well. Um, you know, to see those boys go on and, and do that for the uh, the zone is that's a good feather in their caps and um, something I'm sure they won't forget. And uh, the next one, mate, um, what's happening with the ladies' award over at Marks Up? Yeah, so the, the ladies have sort of just been rotating that lead a little bit over the past four or five weeks, uh, Lindsay. It's, um, it's a rotating top three, really, and at the moment sitting at the top is Sarah Campbell from Wakery. She pulled the perfect 10 in Sunday's game at Monash um, Footy Club, and uh, you know, she's uh, on 38 votes now and, and just sitting quite nicely, um, having a great year. Obviously, a noted goal kicker as well for the Magpies, so doing a really good job. Uh, from Barmer Monash in second spot, five votes back is Kayla Mudd, who played reasonably well on the weekend. And uh, and then we've got Paris Teased on 32 votes from Berry. So um, the top three going along quite nicely there, but just sort of one gets on top and then the other one ends up taking over. So it's, it's a good little battle that we've got there. And then over in the independent, uh, the uh, Hoops Auto and four-wheel drive MVP, mate, we've got... Uh, look, Wanker's Lockie Hample out on 36 votes. Hasn't polled the past two weeks, interestingly. Uh, one was a bye and didn't poll the week before that. So to be still sitting in front is a, is a great effort. 
Uh, sitting in base, Bradley Walkley, uh, after his hot start, is uh, still sitting in second on 34 votes. And then on 26 votes, we've got a, a tie between uh, Peringa's Cohen Bapti and Cobby's Callan Head, who are both having great seasons as well. So, um, so it's competition's pretty tight in that one as well, mate. I'm just interested to know, in the uh, Ladies' Award, um, this week in mm-hmm. the game plan, we've got a uh, bit of a feature on Stacey Geyer uh, from Berry, who bagged 11 goals on the weekend. Has yep. she been a factor in your votes? Because I was just doing some research on uh, Stacey during the week, and of the six games that she has played in this season, she's been in the best players four times. Yeah, no, so she's actually sitting in fourth spot. She polled nine votes in the most recent game to move within uh, striking distance of, of the uh, of the leader in Sarah Campbell. She's only nine votes behind now, so one game away from um, yeah, from her. But I also watched her play against um, it was the Berry Wakery game, the Sunday game. Uh, down at Berry, and uh, the one where Wakery obviously won, and Berry were behind in the last quarter, and I think. Stacey might have been playing full forward most of the game, and then they sort of uh, unleashed her in the, in the last quarter. And she was, she was everywhere, mate. She's tenacious. She just throws her body in there, and you know, she's not not a big girl. You know, she's only slightly lightly framed, and um, no, she's brilliant. Uh, really good footballer for Barry. And it ties in well with our game plan theme this week because uh, we have gone for a. Uh fight like demons uh, title because it's kind of got to that point in the season for Berry that, you know, uh, the guys uh, are up and about, the girls, uh, you know, they're just on the cusp of making this tilt at another uh, premiership. So uh, I wouldn't say crucial, but it's kind of a a significant time for the club and it's just uh, interesting to highlight when things are are going well in the clubs, especially in the men's and the ladies. It's, uh, It's always good to highlight that. Oh, Definitely. Definitely, because there's plenty of low times. And so when uh, teams are doing well, we definitely want to acknowledge that. Yeah, and someone else we'd like to acknowledge who's doing some great things from uh, in the Riverland football world. And, well, not just in the Riverland football world, he's doing very, very well in the West Adelaide under-18s in Loxton North footballer Jesse Thackeray. Now, Jesse played in Loxton North's under-18 premiership side last year. And he's carried on his great form in uh, being selected for Westies. This year, he's put in some absolute stellar performances, which have seen him catch the eye of the South Australian state selectors. And uh, he's been included in the Phase 1 52-player squad, which is going to be trimmed down soon to 35, uh, with an internal trial match coming up at Theberton Oval on July 16. So we've caught up with the young fella and uh, we're going to have a chat of uh, all things uh, going on in his uh, career at the moment. Um, so joining us yep. from West Adelaide is uh, Jesse Thackeray. Jesse, welcome to Kick-Ons. Cheers, mate. Thank, thank you very much. It's yeah, good well, to be here. Yeah, well, it's a virtual cheers anyway, uh, coming in, coming in uh, remotely. Yeah, so that's right. thanks for your time today, mate. Um, now, it was quite a tough loss against North Adelaide the other week, but you still managed to make quite the impression on the state selector coaches there who have, uh, who have uh, backed you in uh, for the trial match coming up in a couple of weeks. So uh, tell us a bit about uh, how you're preparing for that one. Yeah, so I think uh, that two Wednesdays ago, I think I got a, uh, a email from the state coach just to say I've been selected in the state squad, which was a obviously a huge, um, well, a shock, but also 
a huge achievement, I feel. And, yeah, I'm real keen this week to go down on Monday and start the training sessions and then also the following week before we have our trial on Friday. So, yeah, it'll be good to meet some of the boys and, yeah, get their perspective and the coach's perspective of how they want to play the game and, yeah, be a good experience. And, and obviously, Jesse, being an under-19 squad, it's, um, it's a little bit different from your, from your under-18s, which you're playing now. Um, you'll be coming up against some pretty tough um, opponents trying to get into that, uh, that final team. Is that something that really excites you as a, as a challenge as well? Yeah, that's right, because obviously last year it was 18s, now it's gone up to 19s. So there's about, I think there's 12 um, under-19s that are going to try out for the team as well. So obviously there's there we've got currently got 50 and they need to cut that down to about 35 for the first phase and then they'll limit that a bit more as we get closer to nationals and stuff. So yeah, it'll obviously be a big challenge, but I'm super keen to see how it goes. Absolutely, mate. And have have they sort of given you any indication of how you've been travelling so far with it, um, or what they sort of expect from you um, going into it? I sort of well, having a, a chat with my uh, Westies coach, Paul Streetfield. We sort of he sort of um, identified that the state coach was pretty happy with my like clean possession out of clearance, I guess, out of stoppage. So I'll try and make that one of my areas that I can try and exploit and just show them what I can do, I guess, and then just show them everything I can do, hopefully. Yeah, absolutely. And obviously you've been having a, a great year with, with Westies. What sort of what sort of role has Streety got you playing down there at the moment? Uh, I'm on a mid and forward rotation. So, yeah, I'll go through the mid and then I'll go forward, then I'll go onto the bench, but then I'll be back on and, yeah, just keep going through that rotation. Yeah, nice. And uh, you've got quite a few uh, Riverland lads down there. I imagine, imagine it's uh, nice to have them all in, in the one one team at the moment with, um, you know, sort of building together and, and not just, you know, all those Metro lads. Yeah, that's right. I think one game we had seven off of our Riverland boys down there. I think we've got 11 in the whole te- uh, the squad, the whole team. So, yeah, it's good to see if we can get a game with all 11 of the Riverland boys and, yeah, see how we go. But, no, it has been very good having everyone down there from the Riverland and try and see how many we can get planned, which is good. Yeah. Recently, mate, I spoke with Tim Jackson and he uh, said that uh, he was running some training sessions at Lyra Boval over the summer to help. Yeah. Did you take part in any of those? And how did it help you get started? Yeah, I think because we were, we, us country boys, we were going down to training on Tuesdays and we didn't have an alternative because I think it was before, during pre-season, so our local clubs were still training on the Mondays and Wednesdays, the different days. So it was good to have something to go to because we didn't have anything locally. But, yeah, some of, some of them trainings are the most challenging that I've definitely been in, and it was good. I feel like it's held us in good stead this year and showing that what we've done in the pre-season is paying off. Yeah, absolutely, mate. And that's how how important has that been to have that support from West Adelaide Football Club, um, you know, for the for the Riverland and Melly and, and Roxby players, you know, not have to travel all the way down to Adelaide all the time, and um, you know, it's because it is a a long trip for not just the players but parents as well. Yeah, yeah, uh, we're really. I know my family, and I know all the other Riverland boys will agree that our families are really thankful with the opportunity they give us, and then also just making the one training a week on the Tuesday and then being able to come and train in our local clubs on the Thursday, but also by giving us the equal selection, I guess, of the uh, Metro boys. 
So it's good yep. that we're we're able to go down there to train, but then also get the same recognition as the Metro boys that are down there all the time. So yeah, it's pretty good. For sure, mate. And can you just give us a bit of a snapshot, I guess, of what what it's going to look like over the next month or so for you? With obviously the under nineteen stuff, you've got um, you know finals coming up for the under 18s as well. And and have you know is obviously being selected for the under nineteen squad. I'm sure that there's been some sort of talk um, about you potentially uh, going in the, in the draft as well, mate. So what's all that look like this couple of months? Uh, so the next couple of months, I'll still train with Westies, but. As I said, in the holidays, the first week we have a Monday session where we'll develop our team building, I guess, yeah, just as a team. And then the following week we'll have three trainings, I'm pretty sure, before we have our internal trial on that Friday. So two Fridays time we'll have a internal trial and then from there they reduce the squad to about 35. And then the trainings will then, I think, be twice a week until leading up to the Nationals. But, yeah, with Westies, I'll train with them up until I have to fully commit to the state program. But with the state program, they've allowed us, they've said that we are fully committed with the Westies until like till the Nationals or until we are knocked out of the finals. So, yeah, it'll be good to focus on the finals, Westies, and see how far we can get into the finals and, yeah, go deep into finals and hopefully, yeah, get yeah deep into the finals. Have they given you any indication of what's going on with COVID and everything like that? Obviously, you've got, uh, I think you've got to go across to Perth at some point as well and, and across the border to Victoria too for those games if you do get selected in that final team. Well, I'm pretty sure the under-17 boys, they were supposed to head over to Queensland on Monday, so next Monday, but obviously because of the restrictions, I don't think they'll be able to go over there. And their, um, their program has been postponed until further notice, I think, but I'm pretty sure and hopeful that they'll them boys will still get over there for the carnival and everything. But I'm pretty sure hopefully it settles down. And, yeah, we haven't had any notice of our program stopping because we're still going ahead as per usual next Monday. So we'll see from there. Yeah, mate, uh, in the, the game uh, against North Adelaide, un- unfortunately uh, Mitch Hahn went down uh, with a leg injury there. Uh, look, mate, um, yeah, the, the Riverland boys, they, they tend to get around each other in these types of moments um, when you face challenges like this. Yeah, that's right. I think we had a few Riverland boys playing in that game as well and we all just sort of come together and obviously Mitch being from the Riverland, it was very, it was a big shock and yeah, we just uh, helped each other, helped each other through it and yeah, we just tried helping Mitch out. Everyone tried getting around Mitch and we signed a footy for him. So yeah, hopefully speedy recovery. Yeah, he's, a, he's a good lad, young Mitchie. You know, he's um, wears his heart in his sleeve, and um, yeah, we, we wish him all the best, and hopefully he can get back out there sooner rather than later. Um, yeah. And just just a little bit about your home club, Jesse. Obviously, you know, Lockton North, um, they're battling a little bit at the moment, but tell us a little bit about what it was like coming through and, and playing in their junior program and um, and how much Lockton North Footy Club means to you. Uh, the Locks North Footy Club is a very family-orientated club. So growing up through the program and through like all the juniors and then growing up into the seniors, it was really good having the older and experienced boys helping us out and helping like develop our skills and knowledge about the game through young years. And it just really shows that when you get all the new like the boys this year and the under-18s getting their opportunity in A-grade, it just shows that we're such a 
close knit club, I guess, as in no that everyone gets along and yeah, everyone just helps each other out. It's really good. Excellent, mate. Who are some of those? Um, who are some of those guys that you mentioned? Like some of the senior guys that have helped you out along the way. Uh, I would say obviously uh, Ryan Brad, my brother. He's helped me out a lot, and I have to say uh, yep. Michael Arnold as well. He's been a yeah, yeah. He's helped me out a fair bit throughout my footy as well. A couple of bona fide Panther legends there. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right, obviously. Fair few games of experience between them both, and yeah, they're just mm. trying to help me out as much as they can, share their knowledge with me, which I'm very grateful for, and I'm sure it's a huge reason for where I am today. Well, Jesse, that sounds like a, a great place uh, to park it for today, mate. Yeah, just like to say uh, thanks very much uh, for joining us today and we wish you all the best uh, with everything that's in front of you. And, uh, yeah, uh, everyone in the uh, in the Riverland and especially Locks and North Football Club, uh, we're all pretty proud of what you're doing there, mate. Well done. No worries. Thank you very much for having me. So that was Jesse Thackeray and uh, we – Got to say thanks for his time because I, I'll tell you what, Dillo, this this kid is well on his way, you know. In, in a few years' time, this kid might not have time to talk to fellas like us on a local footy uh, podcast maybe because, uh, as we mentioned during discussion there, like the going in the draft is a reality for this young fella. Oh, definitely. And um, now I think we can now claim him as kick-on zone. Jesse Thackeray, and uh, that, you know, that's pretty exciting. We can, we can claim him, but uh, you know, he's doing some really good things down there at Westies, and I know he's very highly regarded down there. Um, and, you know, he's he's not the uh, the tallest bloke out there, but you know he just um, you know, finds a footy. He's, like you said, he's clean, um, and just fingers crossed for him over the next couple of months. And hopefully, something nice and special will happen for him, and he will uh, you know, sort of attract those AFL clubs' eye, and and hopefully get drafted. So we come to uh, this part of the podcast where we talk about our flashback for the week and uh, we'll keep the uh, the Loxton North kind of theme going here after talking with uh, with Jesse Thackeray there because they feature in this week's uh, flashback uh, taken from the archives of the Murray Pioneer. And uh, this week we flash back to round nine 2004 when Wakeree uh, held back well a fast finishing Loxton North, um, taking a 10-point win and... Um, Look, mate, um, I, I couldn't look past this one because it's, uh, you know, it's um, – Wakeree weren't really in the game at all. Uh, if we look at the progressive scores here. Uh, the time were, score, it's not, not great. <laughs> no, no, it's not good at all. And, um, yeah, it's a, a really close one in the end. But um, there was a name that uh, stuck out uh, to me in this one here and uh, – I'm um, just having a look, and uh, well, yeah, um, Shane Clonan, who is uh, Wakery's current coach, it actually uh, was among the best players in this game. <laughs> he was obviously we, we know him now as uh, Shane Stevens, but yeah, um, yeah, he was BOG. That yeah, I think him. I can't remember whether it was that year or might have been the year after. He actually, I reckon it was that year. He won the medal, but was ineligible due to suspension. And I reckon it went back to uh, Scotty Palmer from Berry and Jacob Sell from Barra Monash. So um, he ended up winning a medal down the track. Um, but yeah, he was when he first came up. I reckon that was his first season in, in the Riverland, and he was he was just so agile. You know, he just move move around and through through gaps, and he twists and turn with the foot in his hand. And um, very hard to stop uh, clones back then. So. 
Yeah, very good football. And some other big names in there as well. You know, Nathan Tate was a superstar for Wakery for a long, long time. Uh, Steve Renfrey, who, um, you know, who played down there, also played for Cop Dogler. Craig Griffiths, who's a um, three-time Willis medalist as well. So Wakery had quite a, quite a number of uh, guns in that team, mate. Um, and that's what this flashback really is about. It's about the names and those kind of memories that conjures up of, uh, you know, the – the who and when of Riverland football back in the day. And look, we, we'd like to put it out there to all of our listeners that, you know, if you were involved in this game, uh, reach out to us on social media. You can get onto us on the Marks Up Facebook page or the Murray Pioneer Sport Facebook page. And um, yeah, let us know your thoughts and, you know, perhaps maybe even suggest a game uh, that you might have played in or that you uh, might have seen back in the day that you think uh, needs to be included in our flashback because uh, we'd like to hear about it, mate, because there's always plenty of good stuff in those archives at the Murray Pioneer, as you would know, Mr. Dillon. Absolutely, mate. I know I've spent plenty of time scouring over those old books that they've got there. And, uh, yeah, that's good to see, mate. And there's – we didn't touch on the Locks and North guys there, but, you know, big bustling uh, bad Barry Kayser kicked seven goals as well. He was was a formidable force there for for a long time for the Panthers. And uh, then you've got Anton Cook, who'd only been a young fellow there. Um, Darren Jones, um, he was obviously North Tagger at the time. Um, I think it's Brody Hill. Now, I'm not sure if that's the same Brody Hill that's playing for Loxton currently, but... um, yeah, Brody Hill was a good footballer for them back in the day. And, of course, they were coached by the super coach, Terry Leftriadis, back then, and they went on to win that flag that year, Luxon North. So that's a good win to Wakery to beat the uh, eventual Premier. I think they came from third and, and then just went bang, 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 won three in a row and, uh, and did the number on the, on the top sides. So, mate, um, that brings us uh, to, well, the present day of what's ahead of us in the Riverland Football League this weekend, mate. And uh, we'll take a look at the first game uh, that um, is in front of us, and that is Barman Monash versus Loxton. Now, this one here, uh, based on probably on paper, you would think, um, you know, you would favour probably Loxton, but I'll tell you what, with a few outs... And just the way Loxton have been uh, travelling, look, Barmer Monash, they could get a look in here, I think. What's your thoughts? Yeah, well, they're going to have to bounce back pretty pretty well, aren't they, after um, you know, last week's effort um, with that big loss. But uh, um, they're, they're, they're coming up against a, a very good side, obviously, in the, um, in the Tigers. And whether they can match it with them, I'm not quite sure. You know, they probably just don't have, have the, the overall talent there. But... Uh, having said that, you know, they've still got some some gun players in there like Ben Trogamella. Dylan Lefty is um, ha- having a reasonable year. Mason Milton, good to see him up and about last week as well. Steve Sullivan coming back in, of course. Jake Smith in the middle too. But um, no Sam Butterworth, I un- understand, this week. Um, that's that's going to hurt hurt the ruse, um, given you know, he, he's obviously a really talented player and one that they'd certainly prefer in their in their lineup. And then over, over at Loxton, though, but, you know, no... Um, no Dylan Millard again, probably the big one for them. No John Fisher again. Um, but you'd think that Loxton should still have uh, you know, I think the goods to, to knock off Barmer in, in a comfortable way and, and uh, sort of right the ship a little bit after what's been you know, a shaky few weeks for them. It certainly has, and this is probably the week where Loxton need to steady that ship, you know, because it is... Uh, mm-hmm. It's getting to that point where, yeah, they need to really uh, be putting away 
sides that are below them, challenging ones above them, um, which we know that they can do. But um, yeah. look, it, it has been a bit of a speed hump the last few few weeks, I think. I don't think um, there's en- there's any reason to suggest there's uh, you know any anything is uh, of concern, but yeah, you just need to think they just need to catch their breath and then just get on with this one. I think. Yeah, I guess that's not fair as well. But Barman did take it up to them in the in the uh, their last encounter, and they were only trailed by I think it was seventeen points at a three quarter time before Luxon pulled away. So, um, you know. Barman and should look back and go, well, okay, we did match it with them back in round four. Let's let's try and replicate that again. Let's see see how we go against, you know, it's obviously still a pretty handy side when they're up and about. So, uh, and at Barman this time too, the last one was um, over at Loxton. So, home ground advantage, you never know, but I'd, I'd still back Loxton, I think. Indeed, I'm going to uh, back the Tigers on this one again. Um, although it, the last few times I have backed them, they <laughs> they've come off second best. So I don't know. I'm, I <laughs> might be I might, might be, be cursing jinx. you soon, mate. <laughs> I think so. That's right. I might get a call from uh, Mr. Les Lange, uh maybe. So yeah. get, g'day, Les. I'm, I'm, uh, yeah, I'll pick up. Don't worry. <laughs> so let's have a look at uh, Wakery versus Loxton North now. Yeah, I think Locks the North of uh, yeah, well, you know they got to salvage a bit of pride now um, after last week. So you know it's a chance where they can uh, you know reset. Um, it's going to be a tough slog, no doubt, for them to get into this contest. But it's not beyond them whatsoever, I don't think. Uh, but um, yeah, in saying that though, Wakeree, it, like it's there's going a lot of things are falling into place at the right time now. I think. And we talked about yeah, that cream definitely. rising to the top and, uh, well, it just keeps getting sweeter now because, uh, you know, uh, Jake Spensley's not that far away and uh, this, um, our Dusty, he's uh, just like the, um, uh, the the AFL's version of Dusty. Ours is an X Factor too. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, he's, he's slotted into that uh, forward line seamlessly for, for the Magpies and, and just travelling along nicely. Um, you know, I think... It might be an opportunity, given that there's a buy after after this week for Wakery to maybe rest some of their older players. Um, I do, do see Jimmy Thompson's not named for the game either. Um, also, one of the younger blokes, Ryan Shaw, not playing. Um, so, you know, potentially give some of the younger guys a bit of a run. Um, for Locks and North, no uh, pick was Arnold, same sort of thing. I imagine just... You know, he's one of their older guys now, trying to ease him through to the end of the season. Um, so valuable to, to the Panther lineup. Um, but yeah, it's, for Locks of North, they just want to be competitive, don't they? They don't, don't need to go out there and, and uh, have thoughts of winning the game. Let's just break it down quarter by quarter. Let's just try and match it with, with this Magpie side for as long as we can and uh, see how we go. Mm, and taking that approach of just breaking the game down, you know, you if you hit those little targets, you, you just never know that all that stuff could, adds up eventually. You know, those, those one percenters, yeah. they eventually uh, stack up in, in your favour. So, you know, maybe that is an approach that maybe uh, Brett Sherpig might be taking with a with the with the fellas and some of the younger guys. So, um, you know, it's uh, there's plenty to play with, I think. But what's uh, what? sparked my interest out of Wakery uh, last week was uh, Ben Venning, who's uh, come back uh, from some recent Big injuries Beaver. and and straight into the uh, the best players uh, last week. Mm. Uh, so, you know, um, Wakery, their, their depth is starting to 
they're starting to come in now, I think. Um, you know, whether it be your, your younger fellas who have come in over the last few weeks, Lachlan uh, Nitschke, as, as we know, um, was the man of the moment at the death there against Berry. Uh, we've mm-hmm. seen also uh, Liam Schiller, who's like come in uh, and done some really good stuff up there, up the front, taking yep. some marks that you would never think that there was a mark there on offer in such some of these tight areas he gets into uh, around the goal face in the pocket there. And uh, so, you know, it's coming from the young guys. We're seeing the older guys and that there's just a, a bit of a storm, I think, brewing over Wakery and a good one, I must say. Yeah. Yeah, no, they're travelling along nicely. I do see in here, I think, uh, for Locks North as well, that uh, Harry Fieldhouse, I think, is coming in for his first game and Riley Hammerstein, certainly for the year for those boys. Um, so I'm not sure uh, whether it's their first A-grade games or not, but I think that potentially Riley might have played played previously. But, uh, yeah, certainly, um, yeah, good to see them getting a few few different guys in there and, uh, and giving give them a run. And, you know, we spoke about it earlier, trying to get... Uh, yeah, it's much of a um, much experience into these young guys as possible, and so that, you know, in three four years time, they start to see the reward for that. And the last RFL game for this weekend. Now, this one I think has got the potential uh, to probably be match of the round. And uh, fortunately, um, I'm going to have the uh, pleasure of getting down uh, to RFL headquarters this weekend to, to watch this game. Very. Versus Renmark, mate. Now these are two teams that are up and about at the moment, aren't they? Oh, absolutely, mate. Yeah, Berries. Whether well, they won three of the last four, I think. Um, you know, Renmark ticking along nicely as well since that um, that loss to to uh, to Wakery. Um, yeah, so they're, they're going going along nicely, and it's yeah, it's a couple of informed teams, which is what you want to see. So they'll both be playing with you know, a lot of confidence. Um, yeah, it'd be interesting to see how Barry goes against Renmark. I, I still think Renmark is the best of the team to beat, but you know, things can uh, quickly change. And, and as Barry has shown, you know, they started off the season slow, but they're coming along quite nicely now and pretty well near full strength. I do see Brody Thompson's not selected this week, though. So he's, well, we've been fooled before, haven't we, Lindsay? <laughs> we have, but I've got uh, my mail is uh, he's actually. Uh, was on the cards to come back, but has re-injured a hamstring. So ah, okay. that's what. So I'm that'll hearing. hurt them with um, with big pumper out as well. Obviously, he's uh, he got the suspension, so he just the one week I believe he'll be back in um, uh, straight after the buy. So they've lost a bit of height there. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how how they go. Um, they've named Thomas Finlay in the ruck, so I'm not sure if he'll start there or down back or even up forward, but. Um, yeah, so that that height is going to be a factor, given Remark's you know, uh, abundance of guys, of, of, of tall guys playing really well at the moment. Alex Haynes is doing a good job. Zach Gartry as well. Um, Tim Blight is a key position player too. And uh, it's interesting to note that, um, well, we can talk about Renmark, but we don't actually know uh, who's going to be lining up this week because um, as, uh, well, uh Sometimes things get lost in translation and we don't have the, the information didn't come through to us uh, to print in the game plan uh, their uh, lineup. But I can like, confidently can a, say, oh. I was gonna say I can I can give you a bit of a bit of a hint here, mate. There's um because I, I I can access it here and I can be that Nathan Zunick isn't named, so it's obviously um, a big loss for Remmark. You know, he's been kicking goals quite regularly uh, for the Rovers. Um 
yeah, other than that, I think they're pretty well full strength. I don't think they're missing too many players from their regular best 21. So, um, yeah, have, missing Nathan will be a, be a big loss. Um, sort of counter pumper at the other end, I guess. It might do, uh, but I think I can quite confidently say that it doesn't matter what side or variation of their current list that Renmark mm-hmm. put out on the field on Saturday, it's going to be formidable anyway. So, yep. yeah, I, I think it's going to be be up to Berry to uh, to match them. I, I don't think Renmark have, are going to change too much to meet them at the contest. So I think, it, again, it's going to be another week that Berry needs to find an answer and step up, but they have in the last few weeks. So I, I think that's just going to add uh, a fair bit of pepper to this one, I think. And uh, we're all looking forward to this one. So that's, definitely. that's the RFL done. Let's have a look at the week ahead uh, for the independents. Uh, so we've got uh, Wanka. Um, they're hosting Browns well this weekend and uh, probably mm-hmm. a chance for Wanka to um, – come back from uh, that from being stunned last week I think maybe their their head has stopped spinning uh, from uh, their loss last week against BSR so yeah it's probably a chance for them uh, to get back in the on the winners list and uh, look you know we just want to see we want to see a close game and we want to see Browns well throw as they do every week they're best at this contest um, but I would say uh, this this one might go the way of the Bulldogs mate what's your thoughts yeah, I mean, it definitely will. It's going to be hard for Brownsville to match it with, with a quality side. I know that um, Wanker will probably take the opportunity to rest a few players as well. You know, big Shane Schultz, you know, he's in his 40s now. Um, so it'll be a good opportunity for him to have a, have a bit of a spell. Um, you know, I think Daniel Hample is missing this one as well. The coach, Tom Wood, may even pull on the boots this week just to um, get out there and, and just allow someone else to have a bit of, bit of a rest. So, But I did notice one big in, and that is Heath Kelly for the Bulldogs, um, who obviously he was the man who, or the young fella, who um, had the concussion issue earlier in the year and uh, came very close to losing that young man. So um, to see him back and playing football this year is, is massive for the Wanker Football Club. Um, and congratulations to him. We hope it all goes well for the young fella and uh, he gets through unscathed. And it says a lot for the care that goes into the head these days that we, we have these close ones, but uh, players uh, can, can bounce back and it's, um, yeah, it, it's good to see and uh, we're getting the right outcomes for when we have these issues with the head. Yeah, we, we've got to. It's just... It, the head is sacrosanct. You've got to take care of it. You know, we're seeing all these you know, issues later on in, in AFL players' careers now, or you know, gridiron over in America, where you know, there's obviously you know, links to depression and everything like that as well. So it's um, or worse, you know, it, it's it's got to be got to be looked after. You know, <laughs> the brain's a pretty fragile thing. You know, our whole bodies really, but you know, we've got to look after it. The, uh, the head, that's for sure. That's right. And, you know, we all know it's a contact sport and there's going to be a bump here or there. But, uh, you know, mm. it, it's always going to be part of the game and we've just got to take every precaution we can because, uh, yeah, you know, we, we want people to play this game as, lo- as, long, as long as they want and love it as much as they want. So it's important we Definitely. do that. Now, mate, uh, let's um, uh, have a look at the Sedan Cambrai and Paringa match, mate. Look, this one's, uh, you know, two very up and about sides at the moment. And Paringa, they'll be wanting that spot back in the top four that they let go a few weeks ago. So I think this one here is actually going to be a uh, 
a pretty good game. Um, yeah, what's your take? Well, down at Canberra, that's going to be the issue for Pringer. Now, I hadn't been out to Canberra for, for five years, and I forgot how small that oval is. And you could probably fit two of them on Pringer's oval. It's, it's realistically, that's how, how small it is. Um, the, the wings are literally metres away from the boundary line, and it's <laughs> it's a challenge, that's for sure. So that's going to be the big thing from Pringer going to the, from their big oval down to that small oval. Who knows? It may suit them. I'm not sure. And Sedan has still got a few of those guys out. You know, Scott Starkey won't play again. He's, he's key to their defence. Um, Brock Hunchings isn't named. He absolutely uh, killed it a couple of weeks ago against Bobby. And so, Frank, we see this as a winnable game, particularly given they matched it with the Magpies earlier in the year. I think it was uh, less than 10 points that day as well. So, another one of those close ones that Swans have lost. So, um, they'll be banking on guys like Chris Gardner who kicked five goals last week to continue his good form. Fraser Peters as well, um, pulled the perfect 10 in the Hoops Auto and Four Drive MVP. So, um, yeah, they'll, they'll be backing themselves in, but, um, yeah, it's going to be a, a tough challenge to beat them down there, I think, um, on the uh, the postage stamp down there at Sydney Gambray. It certainly will. And I guess my, my question to you is, at Sedan, they were, uh, towards the start of the year, they were building and uh, they're probably no more the the sleeping giant. Uh, do you think that uh, do you think they are probably one of the top contenders now, sitting in that second second spot? I think. I mean, I think they're on par with Ramco, certainly, if not not ahead of them as far as where they're at. Um, yeah, I know they lost by two points last week, but given they've got quite a few to come back into that team, you know, they're they're there thereabouts. So you know, if they can snag that second chance. Um, they're going to be pretty hard to, to beat, and you know, they're the reigning premiers. You know, we've we've obviously talked up uh, Wanker is going quite well, and you know, um, as they were earlier in the year, and Ramco as well. But realistically, this side is um, still very very strong, and uh, are going to be hard to beat. So we'll see what unfolds there. But we head across to the Cobb Doglet Memorial Oval on Saturday afternoon. The Eagles, who are coming off the bye, uh, up against a very very up and about BSR. And, uh, mate, I can see you wearing your Cobby hat today. So, um, mate, what's what's the mood like amongst the uh, the Eagles after having a week off heading into this one? Um, yeah, the mood's pretty good, actually. We've had a, a couple of um, really good nights on the track this week, good numbers out there, which we've probably battled for a little while um, to get that, those numbers out. Uh, we've got a few blokes coming back this week, but we know, you know we played BSR up at uh, Blanchetown in round three, I think it was, and, and they uh, beat us down there in the rain, uh, played some really good, you know, contested, rugged footy. Um, so we know we're in for a big game. You know, now they've got a bunch of players back as well. Um, even though it's at home for us, we we, we know that it's going to be a huge challenge. And um, you know, when they're up and about with guys like we mentioned earlier, Jed Martinson and, and Matty Clark, um, Troy Cowell, and you know, the list goes on down there. Justin Anthony is a, is a renowned goal kicker for them. Um, you know, they're, they're a very good side, and, and Paul Thomas has got them uh, just firing nicely at the right time of year as well. So, yeah, going to be hard to beat. Yeah, and I guess what, what is the answer to someone like a Justin Anthony or a Jed Martinson, you know, containing them? Like, you've you've got the you've got the knowledge you've seen them uh what 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 would uh, without you know giving too much away wearing your uh, cobby hat but just for anyone that's got to face the uh these two what what do you think the answer is well, I think we'll start on Jed. Jed um, played forward against last time, and and uh, he's very strong overhead. Um, so obviously, needs somebody who can uh, you know can 
match in that contested marking area. Um, but I think he played back last week, so I'm not sure where he'll play this week, whether it's forward or back. Um, if he plays down back, once again, he just he will use his, his uh, you know, natural ability to read the fly the ball um, really well. I'm sure he'll try and take a lot of marks across, across halfback if that's the case. And once again, you know, you just got to make sure that your forwards make him accountable, just like you, you do at the other end. As far as Justin Anthony goes, you know, he, he's a really smart and clever footballer. You know, he loves to push up the ground a bit, um, get a few touches up there. But but he's, you know, he's quite quick. He's agile. He knows where the goals are. So you, you need someone who's, you know, able to match all of those um, qualities. And and you know, in independence, you don't normally have someone that can, can uh, you know, especially in defence, that can, can do that. So it's a it's a challenge and there's a reason he's kicked 30-odd you know, goals this year It's because he is a, a very good uh, good footballer. So we'll have a hands full, that's for sure, mate. Yeah, and uh, one stat that I'm looking very forward to on um, Monday morning when uh, I'm compiling all the coverage down there at the uh, Murray Pioneer is it's going to be the goal count between Jake Gilgan and Justin Anthony, the two leading goal kickers in the independents, mate. Look, this, uh, yeah, th- this could be huge, mate. This is <laughs> this is Battle of the Titans. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, Big Acker had his colours lowered by um, uh, Scott Starkey when we played Sedan Canberra the other week, so he'll be looking for a return to form, and I'm sure he, sure he will. Um, he's a very talented young man, you know, quite tall, plays, you know, uh, Good on the ground as well. You know he's um, very agile for for a big guy, and he'll be uh, certainly one to get amongst the goals again. And as we mentioned, Justin's um, a terrific footballer too. So, yeah, it's going to have a bit of a fair bearing on the uh, leading goalkeeper award. But I'm sure both players would just rather get the win on the weekend. All that and more is ahead of us uh, this weekend in uh, Riverland Foot. And remember, you can read all about it next week. All the coverage of both the RFL and independent action in the Murray Pioneer. And the game plan will be available, so remember, grab yours at the gate from wherever you are in the Riverland football world this weekend. Well, you had a week off last week, mate, so you must be chomping at the bit. Yeah, it's good to have a week off, mate. It was just nice to uh, not have to worry about football for a weekend. And although I did end up, we end up having a girls um, come and play day down at Barmer, so I got to go down there and check out the uh, women's football as well. So, um but uh, tomorrow, yep, just got the young fellow with the ice kick again. May's only got a couple of weeks left, so got to get him out there for that. And then, obviously, down to to Cobby to take on the uh, the Redbacks in, in what's a big game. What about yourself? Uh, mate, the Barry um, Renmark game. Yeah, Barry Renmark game. So I'm going to be down there capturing all the coverage. I'll be uh, frantically marking down uh, plenty of stats, I think, uh, coming around the, the midfield players there. So uh, I'll have my work cut out for me because I think this is going to be a great game. And, uh, yeah, mate, well, it's been great catching up with you, uh, albeit remotely. So um, here's a, a remote cheers, I guess, uh, over <laughs> FaceTime. So uh, cheers, mate. It's been great uh, catching up with you. And uh, looking forward uh, to having uh, you back next week. And um, remember, all of our listeners out there, you can download this podcast on Spotify and share with all your footy mates as well. So uh, we'll catch you next week right here, ready to kick on. Download this podcast on all your favourite digital platforms and hear when the Murray Pioneer and Mark's Up are coming to a club near you.